Hi, this is Sal Mayorana. Your Buffalo Bills breakdown is coming right up after this message from our sponsor, Rochester Flooring, Kitchen and Bath. We felt that we needed to grow and diversify into the kitchen and bath. We've been a carpet and flooring specialist for many, many years. The addition of the kitchen and bath division has been a great addition. You know, we're the doctor of flooring and remodeling, and we want to prescribe the right product for you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Buffalo Bill's Breakdown, sponsored by Rochester Flooring, Kitchen and Bath. I'm Sal Mayorana, joined, as always, by Leo Roth, and um, this is the final Bill's Breakdown show of the year, and it really shouldn't be, you know, because... The Bills should be playing this week. I don't think anybody out there who follows the Bills can disagree that that was a game they should have won. They actually had it won, it seemed like, and somehow find a way to blow it. And that was a disappointing end to a season that had some promise to it. Um, but again, they're the Bills, and they find a way to do these <laughs> things, and, and they're not playing this, yeah. this weekend. Well, we were sitting, you know, we were at the game cell watching it, and 13 nothing, and we're going, oh, what, what do we say? I mean, at halftime, we're going, you know, they, they were – they really were doing a lot of things so well. Um, in fact, there were two of those drives in the first half, they started from inside their 10-yard line, and they were able to drive the whole length of the field, you know, completing passes, making some big runs. Josh Allen's doing it. And, but what happened every time? They settled for field goals. And we've seen it enough. Everyone has seen it enough. If you settle for field goals in a playoff game or uh, this, you know, any game, actually, but a, a, especially a playoff game on the road, um, they left, uh, how many points did they leave? Four field goals, they left 16 points on the field. Yeah. And um, that juncture there, and, and Sean McDermott touched on it, uh, and Brandon Bean in their uh, Tuesday uh, farewell news conference. Um, you know, really, when it was 13 nothing, and they had a chance, they got, I think they got the, uh, the fumble recovery, and they got a chance to go up 20 nothing. Yeah, that was and big. And they settled for uh, a field goal again, and it's 16 to nothing. It's just not... Uh, you know that was almost that was a that was a win for the Texans, and they scored on that next drive, uh, because it sparked by the J.J. Watt sack, and they, and uh, I still can't believe how we talked about this after, but lost in that whole shuffle was how they converted two two-point conversions. I know it's <laughs> yeah. only two yards. I know that's that's the game, Sal. It's four <laughs> points. Ultimately, when you break that down, those are touchdown plays. Yeah. So they actually scored four touchdowns on the Bills. Two of them caught. Two of them were six-pointers, yeah. but two of them were two-pointers. And yeah, yeah I, I said this, Leo. People ask me, who do you blame for this loss? And, you know, Josh Allen caught a lot of heat. Obviously, the second half was, was a wild, wild roller coaster ride with him. Um, and he did not step up in the big moment, although he did drive them for the tying field goal at the end yeah. of regulation, thanks to a mulligan that the Texans gave him. But ultimately, Leo, the defense cost them this game. I'm sorry. They, they played all year with their defense carrying the day, week after week after week, because this offense, as we know, remains stuck in, you know, stuck in neutral. They, they averaged 19 points a year, a, a game this year. Again, they've averaged 18 points a game for three years under Sean McDermott. They needed their defense to play great almost every week to win. Yeah. The defense was playing great for the first two and a half quarters, and then in, in an inexplicable fashion, they blew up at the wrong, wrong time. And all of a sudden, the Texans were doing everything right. The Bills could do nothing right, and then it all came to a head in overtime when you let yeah. a third and 18 be converted on the winning drive and then the whiff of uh, Milano and Neal on the Watson sack, yeah. that was the game. So I, I, I'm sorry, Leo. They played great all year. Second in the league in scoring defense. Third in yards allowed. When it mattered most, the defense failed. Yeah, you know, after the game, I wrote, you know, I wrote as a summation uh, point. <laughs> you know, it was just that this was a game that came down to the, uh, the Texans and their quarterback having – 
more experience, I felt, in a, in a playoff game. They, they lost this round last year to Sean Watson, and, and it, 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 it was a factor. They were, they, they, that experience helped them. There's no question about that. And, and I think a, a player like Deshaun Watson made those plays. Um, amazing still how he got out of that. Uh, uh, two guys have a chance to sack him, and he gets out of that and converts the play that gets them into, um, in, into the field goal, a chip shot field goal to win it. I just say, I wasn't by, by any means would I pin this loss on Josh Allen. I didn't. I, I, and I, I mean, he had a role. He had a role, and also the defense had a role. It's really the, and the coach, really, it's a team. You lose 22 to 19, I don't ever want to, it really kind of says, you don't want to, you know, who, the, both sides are to blame, obviously. It was a case of, uh, um, you know, you could argue, you know, had they given, you know, it's, 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 it's shocking to blow a 16 nothing lead, yes, but had they given up 22 points, that's not bad. No. Again, that's not bad. Against an offense and like Houston, the yeah. defense, that would have been good in an ordinary situation. But like we said, when you're up 16 nothing yeah, with 17 minutes to go, you can't give up 22 yeah. points and lose. That, I mean, you've got to take things into context. 22 points would have been, well, maybe not with this Bills offense. Uh-huh. If they average, maybe 22 points would have been too much. But when you get right down to it, 22 points against that offense in Houston wasn't a terrible performance. But you've got to put the context to it. And well, right. look they, at they, how the game ended. Yeah. That was on the defense at the end. I mean, like, like we said, you could say yeah. Josh Allen, for all his faults, found a way after that mulligan with one minute to go to get him down for the tying field goal. He, he did. He did what he needed to do. Mm-hmm. They were in position in overtime with their possession. They, they had crossed midfield. And then they get, you know, the, the very questionable penalty on Cody Ford. Cody Ford takes him out of a long field goal. I range. don't know what would have happened. We just had this argument a little I while ago. I you think you know, they would have tried it? Well, look. Here's the thing. It, was four, it would have been about fourth and seven. So if you go for it and don't make it, Houston gets the ball at the 40 with a chance to kick a field goal and win the game. Yeah. If you miss the field goal, it would have been 56, so you're talking the 46-yard line. So I think he would have punted. Remember, there's no ties in the overtime. He yeah. could have punted them deep and then just taken your chances yeah. later in overtime. What, what was it going to be? 55? I think it was going to be a 56-yarder, and I don't think they trust Hauschka, yeah. even well, though Hauschka, he was four for four. Hauschka was having a great day. But his um, range, I don't think, is 56 it's, anymore. It's kind of, yes, he probably had, you know what, it would have been, it would have been interesting. We didn't ask them the other day. They wouldn't have probably answered anyway. No, but they I, wouldn't have. But you're right, maybe they would have. Uh, but again, that was a, a, a very tough call to take. Obviously, it was a really bad call. Uh, on the on the third and eighteen, when the clock struck zero, that's that's there for everyone to see. Go go oh. YouTube it. That was a non, that was a bad miss by the refs. <laughs> if you want to spin, that, if you want to spin towards officiating, we can go there. And the touch, there were some and, the, calls. and the touchdown, uh, the, the touchdown that wasn't to start the third quarter kickoff. Very bizarre. Very right. bizarre. I don't, have, I, I, I guess, don't have a problem with that. I one guess common, you know, it's, it's going to be known as the common sense rule. Common sense prevailed because, of course, the the Texans kickoff return man. If he intended, of course, he's not flipping the ball to the ref if he planned on re- taking it out. He he felt he had signaled and right. to his guys. Obviously, it was the the the, the Bills defenders did not see any signal, um, and they 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 considered it a live ball. And, and the, more more importantly than that, the referee didn't see any signal and he called it a touchdown. Right, I know. So look, anyway, but common hey, sense did prevail there. Well, the guy the guy prevailed, but uh, the gonna, guy tried to flip the ball to the ref once. The guy backed away. Then he did it a second time. The ref backed away again. After the first one, Leo, the ref should have realized, okay, he's not returning this. So, like I said, it would have been a really cheap touchdown for the Bills. Yeah. I know Bills fans would have loved it, but they didn't deserve a touchdown there. And I think if you asked Sean McDermott privately, he would say, well, yeah, that would have been pretty cheesy. Probably, but he did say that he had, uh, he did call the, they well, had discussions you, you with the league, the league on that. 
they want to know what happened. It was, it was bizarre. To me, the more bizarre one was the one the, clock, the play clock ran out on the third and 18, because Al Riveron, the head of NFL officials, put out the, the most ridiculous response to that, saying that, yeah, the clock can go to zero, but we have to factor in the one, was it the three one thousandths <laughs> of a second oh, of brain time, and then the action of the referee or the official pulling the flag out. Well, wait a minute. Who cares how long it takes the, the, the official to pull the flag out? The clock goes to zero. That should be delay a game, correct? Yeah. There's a I'm clock there you, for a reason. I'm going to tell you stadiums. what, and the, and the people at home could do this too. Google, uh, you know, YouTube up that clip, and you can, hit, you can hit the pause button at that exact moment, and it is frozen at zero, 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 and that ball is nowhere near being snapped Right. Yet. And I'm just, you know, you're going to talk about splitting hairs here, but that was just a bad... Just one of those that bad was, that was a bad not call. And then what yeah, was no. even worse, though, is that they converted on that very yeah. play, the third So, I mean, the bottom line, and Sean McDermott, you know, once our line of questioning uh, went on this the other day about the calls, he stopped everybody and said, listen, we didn't lose because of the officiating. No, and and that's, that's true. And it was a great, uh, probably a great, you know, I give uh, Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean a lot of credit for that. They, they, they were very... You know, very accountable. But the big takeaway for me, Sal, about that whole that whole year ending is that these two guys, you know, it's not fun anymore. It's certainly not the Doug Whaley press conference <laughs> um, or Rex Ryan you news know, They they are so accountable. You mean they're adults? I mean they're adults. <laughs> they were so accountable, and you you know they, you know, uh, hey, you know, right off the bat, we have to score more. Uh, hey, off the bat, we 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 weren't good enough on defense in that game. Uh, we I got to you know Sean McDermott, I got to coach better. Brandon Mead, I got to be a better GM in the offseason. I mean, on and on and on. It was like, you know, you know, more guys were falling on their swords than yeah. the, you know the knights of the And that's the way that's so, the way it's supposed to be. Yeah. Um, again, these guys are accountable. I think the Bills have two really good guys at the top of the organization. Yeah. yeah, you can call out McDermott for you know his philosophies are a bit conservative. I don't think he's fully involved in the the way the offense played in that game. I like Brian Dable. Uh, some very questionable personnel usage. Some really strange calls, and I don't, you know, I asked McDermott point blank, how much leeway do you have in interrupting? And he didn't yeah. really answer the question. No, he, he made didn't. it sound like, look, if there's a, a play call that I really hate, yeah, he would jump in. But it, I got the impression that, hey, the, the offense is Brian Dables. I'm too busy with the defense, and he is heavily involved, as yeah. we know, with the D. Now, he's not calling the plays, but he's much more in tune on the defensive side. He trusts Dable to run the offense. And I think that it, without throwing Dable under the bus the other day, he made some comments in that game that were clear that he wasn't too thrilled. Why Frank Gore got eight carries. Why Cole Beasley was on the field less mm-hmm. than Duke Williams. The end of the first half sequence of plays when they got to the 30. Clearly he wasn't happy with how that went. He even said, that's yeah. a set of downs we want back. So I thought that was very interesting too. That he was, that, that was as candid as Sean McDermott probably can possibly be. Mm-hmm. Because you've been there for his press conferences so what, what during the week. He says nothing. Yeah. He said a lot the other day. Oh, he did. They were, they were both, both terrific. I, I, what is the solution there? So what is he gonna, I, don't wanna, I don't know if I want to see Sean McDermott uh, heavily involved in no, the I offense. No, I don't. I don't. I mean, he's got he, he, to trust Dable. And I think Dable, I, one of the criticisms, of my, uh, criticisms I've had of Dable, it, really in two years he's been here, I think he overthinks some things. I mean, I, he mm-hmm. loves to be creative with using all different guys and different personnel groupings and, and this and that. And I get that Devin Singletary can't carry 30 times a game. I understand that. But there's no excuse for 36-year-old Frank Gore to be not only carrying eight times, Leo, but he was on the field for way many more plays 
than he should have been. And you can't tell me the Texans, when Frank Gore is on the field mm -hmm. and Patrick DeMarco and Lee Smith, the Texans are thinking to themselves, what are they doing? This is, right. we, we can defend Cole Beasley and John Brown. We got nobody else to worry about. You can't tell no. me that's a good use of personnel. And it happened too often in this game. I think Dable overthinks some things. He gets too cute. And I think that hurt the Bills in, in this loss. Well, they, they certainly had it scripted up right to open the game, obviously. Well, they, they yeah. Drove, they drove <laughs> right down the field. Right down the field. They scored a touchdown. The, uh, the option play, uh, you know, John Brown to touchdown catch by Josh. But really, you're like really pulling out all the stops there. Yeah, they're up 7 nothing. But think about it, though, Sean. They're up 7 nothing on the road. It's a great plan. Hey, they, they got, they, and, and then they can proceed to be productive on, on their ensuing drive. So they really did set a tone. It was really a great way. But what, I, I fear this, and I turned to you and I said, gee, do you think they really, they let it all out? They got nothing left now. <laughs> know. And, you know, at the end of the day, you have to be able to, they needed to keep those drives sustained. They needed to run the ball when they got it inside the 20-yard line. Um, on those on those long drives they were making, they didn't you know they run the ball. You see that you know the Bills if you look, statistically if you look at them they've been a top ten running team now for about five years in a row. Right, and it's all skewed by their quarterbacks. They've it had is. Tyrod Taylor Tyrod and, Josh. and they've also had Josh. These these quarterbacks have added five hundred yards, about roughly to their rushing stats. Right, it is mis it is a real misnomer. They when it comes down to it, do they really have the ability? to move bodies and run with authority, and that's what they want to be. That's what they needed to be on some of those drives. And that's when they get a little too cute, and that's when Dayball starts doing some wacky things on all those jet sweeps and uh, here's the, option um, passes, all the other stuff. Here's the telling stat on the Bills rushing, at least for this year. They finished eighth in the league in rushing yards, and as you said, it's because they get contributions from the quarterback. Not all teams have Lamar Jackson or Josh Allen or Russell Williams. That's why they have 2,000 and some yards rushing. The key stat to look at is yards per carry. The Bills were 14th in yards per carry. And, that, and what really is startling about that, Leo, that's with all the Josh Allen runs. You take Josh Allen's mm -hmm. runs out of the mix, their yards per carry drops precipitously because their running backs, I mean, Singletary had a nice year, but he only carried 151 times. Yeah. The other running backs, Frank Gore specifically, did nothing, and that really hurt them. They weren't a great rushing team by, you know, the quarterback turning off and handing the running backs. That's a problem. The offensive line, I think, had a little bit of problems occasionally at the point of attack. They were good in pass protection, mm -hmm. I thought, for most of the year. But there were times when the Bills couldn't run the ball when they needed to. And then, you know, you get a couple breakaway runs by Josh Allen. That brings your average up. They need to be better at running the ball yeah. if they truly want to be a run-first team. And they've got the guy in Singletary who I think can get them that if they want to truly be a run first team. They, um, you don't agree with that. Oh, no, I do. You do now? You've changed your mind on Well, Singletary? no, no, they, they need a, I, I, well, to kind of go off a little bit, talking about the, they need a running back. Well, they do now. They yeah. need a backup running back. Yeah. They can draft that guy. Yeah, they can. Probably get him in the, like, just like they got Singletary. Yeah. They can get a guy in the second, third round. Get a running back anywhere. They need a, they need a compliment to Singletary. They need a bigger back. Right. They, need, they don't need the same guy. They need the big back, and they can find that guy. And it wouldn't surprise um, me if they signed a free agent for that role. Right, I only, mean, a low-rent yes. type of guy who mm -hmm. can replace Frank Gore as that veteran voice in the room. Yeah. I, that wouldn't surprise but me. But he's got to be the right size. You've got to be right. a different. You have to have a one-two punch there. I love, single, I love Singletary, but he's not. I still want another running back. Well, without yeah. question. Now, the other thing, Sal, is about back to the line. I, I get there's a perception that the line was a, lo a whole lot better than last year. And, and I guess, and I think on whole, probably yes, there was some 
really some struggling last year when they went six and ten. Also, though, they gave up one fewer sack than a year ago. One. Yeah, that's true. That's it. Running the ball. We just talked about how that is, is a little bit misconceiving. They probably, you know, they also, you know, also were breaking in after Ty Nasecki got hurt. They were breaking in Cody Ford more, another rookie. So you had a young, a, a young left tackle, a young right tackle. Uh, Morse was phenomenal at center. Um, the other, you know, Spain and, and uh, Feliciano really, really got some nice years out of guys. For they were some, solid years. Dawkins had a great year. Journeyman, uh, free agent guys. Now they got to decide if they want Spain back. I think, I think in general, people were, they were happy with him. Maybe there's an upgrade there. If they can kick forward inside, perhaps, I think that's the move. Go for a bigger, ta- go for another tackle on the right. They do. I think they do have to get better on the line even more. That's an area that you just cannot go to sleep on. You I can't think, rest there. I think what the Bills do on the line, Leo. I think they're going to move. They should. I think if they don't get Quinton Spain re-signed, he did say he wants to come back, but he's not going to come back on a one-year deal. So you wonder mm-hmm. where the money will go. I think the move is you move Cody Ford to the inside, so you've got Feliciano and Ford at guard, Morse and then left tackle Dawkins. You've got Ty Inseki for, for next year. He signed for a two-year deal. He can be your starter going in, but maybe you draft a guy to play right tackle. You continue to build that position. That's what I would consider doing. I don't think Cody Ford, now he was a rookie and he could probably yeah. learn, but I don't think physically, I don't think he's really suited to play right tackle. I think some of these NFL guys we saw it with J.J. Watt blew right back. I mean, J.J. Yeah. Watt playing at but he 70% Watt. literally <laughs> blew right past him on yeah. the sack that everyone really thinks turned the game around. I think you move him inside. Here's a key thing, though, Leo. I mean, you're not really much into the pro football focus stuff, and it is getting deep in the weeds. But I did look it up. The way they graded the 40 sacks this year, they put 17 of those on the offensive line, only 17, meaning mm-hmm. the other ones were either coverage sacks or Josh Allen extending a play too long and not getting rid of the ball, or a running back or a tight end whiffing. Would they they, they only had last year too. Well, remember? I didn't. I didn't look back. Yeah. I probably should have. But I looked at this year's, and that's what they had. Seventeen mm-hmm. were, that they pinned. Now again, the Pro Football Focus. I always the, the stats are what they are. You can't really fudge the stats. When we start getting into ratings and rankings and grades, I have a big problem with that. But when they're watching the film, at least whoever they have doing it. They are seeing that that wasn't an offensive lineman's fault that he got sacked on right. that play. So you take that, that for what it's worth, but the line was probably better than those 40 sacks would indicate. So I'll just throw that out there. Um, I thought the line played so much better than what the, the garbage they threw out there last year. I think they're moving in the right direction. And those guys are all back, like I said, except for Spain. And I think that's yeah. a guy you could probably replace. So they're, well, no, they're no, in good shape Back there. to what I said, I think I, I, clearly they, to, 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 to have grabbed four guys in free agency and rebuild your line. I think that's a, a, a I think that's a pretty pretty good work. Right. By Brandon Bean and very rare. I mean, we've seen we've seen them grab lots of linemen and throw them in there and it just doesn't work. Yeah. Um, well, they were also and lucky. Tell you, and, and you also have a quarterback like Josh who is mobile and does move and it helps them as well. They were also I incredibly mean, lucky though they had no injuries. Yes. I, I looked it up. The Bills started the, the same five guys in all 16 games. The only exception was and Seki started against Washington instead of Ford, and that was more just kind of a benching for Ford. They ended up rotating like they did all yeah. year, because st- Ford started every other game. They started the same line combination, yeah, almost every game. Almost every game. That's about, amazing. You know, Sp- uh, 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 Mitch Morris went down at New England. Everyone held their collective breath. That was yeah. Uh, that would they dodged a huge bullet there to go into the playoff game. They dodged bullets all year. So, they lost Singletary for three games. I think Matt Milano missed one game. Um, Harrison Phillips is the only guy of note 
that was on IR. They had six guys on IR, Leo, which is probably yeah. the league low, and only one of those guys even meant anything to the Bills. Right, used, right Harrison uh, Phillips was the only guy who was useful on that they used list. 50, 57 players was the final yeah. total, which was Incredible. phenomenal. I think it was the, the league low, and it was just... Uh, so here's the thing. Do yeah. we worry about this? They played an incredibly easy <laughs> well, schedule. Yeah. They were the healthiest team in the NFL. They won 10 games, and they lost in the first round of the playoffs. It couldn't have set up any better for them to go a little deeper in the playoffs. Should we be worried that <laughs> it was that easy for the Bills this year and they still didn't get past well, the first you know, round? Well, we, we spent, you know, we spent the whole year, certainly the, the, the first two-thirds, talking about how incredibly soft this schedule was. And, <laughs> and if you, the, the credit to the Bills is that they did take advantage of it. It would have been a crime if they didn't that's, make the playoffs. That's true. Because, so you give them credit for that. Because I do give them credit for that. But, you know, and again, to recap, they, I mean, they, they, they beat three quarterbacks that ended up getting benched, <laughs> which is, you know, crazy. They beat, they played eight games against coaches in their first years with their, organi- with their team. Right. Not first year rookie coaches, but with their team. They went six and two in those games. Um, they did what they had to do. Very good on the road. Not so good at home, which was, you know, Surprising. an area that's usually not doesn't go that way. But they so, lost but they lost to good teams at home. Though. Good teams at, at least home, it yeah. was good teams that they lost yeah. to at home. Now, you know, so you know, if you want to talk about how hard it is, you know, the whole it's the old axiom sense. It's easier to get there than to stay there. Yeah, absolutely. And so now they won 10 games. You, you know, if they were to have a, a fallback last year with a much tougher schedule next year. And next year I, it wouldn't be shocking. Four West Coast trips next year, yes. and they're not going to be as healthy this year. Well, next year as they were this year. So now, now the great, is that. the great unknown here is does nine maybe you know maybe with uh, with Brady not coming back in the uh, to New England, we'll see how that plays out. Even if Brady comes back at forty three, maybe it's not such a bad thing for Buffalo. Yeah, really. Um, you know, so maybe maybe the division, you know, you're not looking at being twelve and four like that. That's that. That's what the, the Patriots were 12 and four and everybody's up in arms. Um, you know, maybe, maybe it's a division like all these other silly, lousy divisions. Right. Nine and seven, I know. nine and seven, you know, brings you on home to a division title and a home game. I mean, it's just so, uh, you know, face it, being in this division for the last 20 years of Brady, it has been a really long, long, it's hard been, road. It's been borderline Bills. unfair because every other division turns over constantly. This division for the Bills never did. They never had a chance really for 20 years. It really sucks. Wasn't the best moment of the season after the Bills game the other night? We're downstairs in the photography room oh. <laughs> waiting for Jamie. We watched the end of the Patriots game, and we watched Brady throw the pick six to kill their season. That was like the best moment of the year for me, Well, it was kind of, it was where we, were, we were surrounded by um, uh, Houston. Uh, and they were all cheering, too. Houston people, Houston media uh, people, and they were all, it was, it was, uh, it was fun to see the... Uh, the, the hatred, the hatred for the New England is universal. America shared across America. America cheered that night yeah. for sure. A couple of quick questions here. We'll get to um, Francisco Berrios wants to know: Do you guys think that Cody Ford is looking more and more like a bust? I know he's a rookie, but man, he looks bad. No, I totally disagree, Francisco. No, yeah. Not a bust at all. No. I thought for a rookie uh, right tackle, and again, I think he's a little bit out of position. The Bills drafted him to be a tackle. I think he's better suited to be an inside. I thought he held up pretty well. He wasn't great, obviously, but I thought he did, he did a pretty good job for them. Look, he got beat by J.J. Watt in that game. That didn't look good. But that's also on the coaches, why he was one-on-one with J.J. Watt in that key situation. That, that kind of goes to what were the coaches thinking. But, no, I don't think he's a bust at all. And, again, if they move him inside, I think he could be a pretty good player uh, at the yeah, guard position. Yeah, uh, yeah, bust is, yeah, I don't agree. Yeah. I think he's um, good. Francisco also wants to know, do you think the Bills 
should break the bank and re-sign Jordan Phillips? Absolutely not. Look, Jordan Phillips had nine and a half sacks. Otherwise, he was often a liability against the run. He did make those flash plays. There's no doubt about it. I would say two-thirds of the sacks were products of other guys doing their job, and the quarterback basically landed in Phillips' lap. Look, he had a good year. I would not break the bank for him. Absolutely not. He will get looks in free agency because of the nine and a half sacks, but I think the smart teams, and I think most teams are smart, are going to realize that he had a nice year, but there's a lot of ifs to his game, and I don't think the Bills should be looking at that. They broke the bank for Star Latulale. I don't want to see a D-tackle get that kind of money again. Absolutely If you're going to spend the money... Defensive ends are much harder Ed to find. Rusher. And Shaq Lawson, if they want to bring Shaq back, all, by, by all means. Yeah. His play, especially against some of these uh, scrambling quarterbacks that they faced, um, the ability to, uh, you know, his containment um, was a real factor on. I mean, they did sack Deshaun Watson seven times the other day. And, and he was I, good against the run, too. Yeah, Lawson. Shaq, Lawson was pretty good against the Shaq run. Shaq had, a, you know, when, and it, Lawson had a really, you know, fine year for being a contract year and having it all on him, and he really rose up. And, uh, you know, that's a that's a Rex Ryan, uh, Doug Whaley player, and um, you know, kudos to him. He, he, you know, he's going to he's the he's, he's the last yeah. he's the last draft pick from those guys, I think, right? That's still I on think the team. The last draft pick, yeah. I mean, There's only I mean, a couple guys you, on the team left. Hughes is on the team, but not from, a draft from uh, from their days. Now Lorenzo's, Lorenzo's gone. gone. So, um, so not many guys. So left. I think you know, yeah. Check by all means is is definitely on their uh, uh, to do list. I would imagine. Uh, Jason Siritz has a couple here. What 2017 draft class players get signed to new deals, and what players should be should the Bills realistically target in free agency? Well, obviously it starts with Trey White. They mm-hmm. have to re up him. They're going to give him, I imagine, the fifth year option. Now they could work a long term deal out. I'm sure Trey White is going to say no to that. He's going to want to take the fifth year option that pays big money for that fifth year of his contract, and then he'll get to free agency or close to it, and if he continues to play the way he has, <laughs> he's going to have a huge market. So the Bills clearly want to re-sign him, but I don't think Trey White is going to do that until they've exercised the fifth year option. So I think they're going to have to hold off on that. As far as the rest of that draft class, I'm drawing a blank right now. I should have called it up. But they do want to sign Dawkins. the guys. Dawkins is another one. They're going to want to yeah. extend him. M- Milano. Milano is in that uh, class. You're right. Now you're, now you're rolling for me. Yeah. But yeah, those are all guys. I think the Bills, this is one of the keys for being a McDermott. They came here with this mm-hmm. philosophy. They want to draft guys, develop their guys, and re-sign their guys. And there's three that are really key guys on, this, on the offense and defense. So absolutely. As far yeah. as free agents, Leo, I think the number one need on this team is edge rusher, and then receiver. They need a legitimate number one type receiver. If they get that guy, now you're looking pretty good with that guy, Beasley, and John Brown. Now, whether they do with that in free agency or the draft, we'll have to see, but I think those are two areas of need that the Bills have got to address this offseason. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think, uh, you know, those, it's a good question on the 2017 class. Kind of a neat thing. And, and and Brandon uh, Bean talked about this. He goes, now, you know, my, philosoph- my philosophy doesn't change. I wanna, we want to develop and we want to re-sign our guys. And they both talked about the, the goal of keeping this team intact as much as they can. So that's, that's a great sign of a program that's, you know, when you, you, know, you want to keep your guys, that's a, right. that's a good sign that they're good players and it's, things are working. They're drafting well. They're developing them. They're coming around. So, but now, again, it gets into the, this is the, this is why you got to admire these, the, these, these franchises that have been, that, that have the sustainability. It's an amazing, very difficult, you know, the New Englands and the Green Bays and, uh, you know, the, the teams that have been always at Pittsburgh, the teams that are make, you know, 
they make the playoffs regularly. It's a, such a hard deal to keep your team together. Yeah, they've got continuity take, in all the places. Because think about what Brandon Bean's looking at here. It's not just Trey White. Boom. Now you got to give. Now it's going to be if, if Josh Allen's the guy. Boom. You got him coming down the pike. You got Trey Edmonds coming. Boom. All these guys that are going to need. Jordan you know, Boyer, Micah Hyde. Right. When they're four-year, you know, the rookie pick. You know, you get a four. You get a four-year deal and a fifth-year option. Those things, you burn through that, and now you're looking at okay. Now we got to. It takes a lot of money. Now he's, you know, Bean has done a great job with the cap as far as, you know, last year was a, a long slog. It was a lot of suffering, um, but now it's. Now he's in good not, shape. Now it's his. Now it's his cap. Now he. Now he's. Now he can play with it. He inherited what he had. Of course, he brought a lot of that on. So with um, some of the players he cut. But, you know, now he can work with it. Ninety million to work with this year, boy. Jason also asked, how much do you think Ed Oliver's development this offseason will help the Bills' pass rush next year? Look, they brought in Oliver. They thought he was going to be a real good penetrator against the run and the pass. I think he struggled early on. Again, we we talked a lot about. 287-pound guy in the NFL going against 340-pound offensive lineman. That's a big adjustment. Mm-hmm. He started to play better at the end of the year. I think he's going to be a good player for them. Um, is he going to be a star? We'll have to wait and see. It's a tough position to be a star. It really is. Defensive tackle is a very tough position. You don't get like stats or numbers. Um, but I think Ed Oliver was a good pick for them, and I think, I think he will be better as a pass rusher next season. Chris Spencer had a couple. What is Phillips looking for in a contract? I have no idea. I can't answer that question. I don't know what his market's going to be. He's going <laughs> to certainly want more than he made when he when he signed with the Bills um, as a free agent last year, as a as a midseason pickup. He'll he'll be looking to make money with that nine and a half sacks. I know he was very irritated that he didn't make the Pro Bowl, so he has a pretty high opinion of himself. He he really shouldn't have been a Pro Bowl player, and he wasn't. But he has a very high opinion would, of himself, yeah. so he's going to want money. You know, and that was great work by uh, by Brandon Bean again. That to, was to get him off the. The, the scrap pile, a disgruntled player from a, a division rival, and get those two seasons out of him. Hey, that's how it works. That's, that's right. That's a, I mean, that was that, that's what they need. That you've got to you've got to fill your you know, roster in with guys like you, that. And, and guys have to have years where they come out of the blue, and that was one of the guys. Yep. And, and that was, uh, you know, I mean, we, I mean, we can say, hey, those some of them sack numbers were inflated, but nonetheless. He did make those plays. He did. He and, made um, the plays, and if they let him go, someone else is going to have to find yeah. a way to do that. But I think with Harrison Phillips coming back next year, they, they're very high on him. It was unfortunate he yeah. only played three games this year, or four games, I think it was. So they'll have you, him you back. You and I both said, though, boy, did they miss Harrison Phillips? <laughs> it's hard to believe, they but they kind of did. They did for a little while until, until Phillips, until got, Phillips going. got going. Exactly. And, and that's, uh, you know, so. so really, you flip those two guys, and I think the Bills are. I think the Bills would be satisfied at that spot. And then you've got Latulale, you've got Oliver, so I think they're my big they're thing okay is, there. is uh, is is two years in a row losing uh, character locker room guys. Kyle Williams one year followed by Lorenzo Alexander. They're right. gonna, and that's and it's clearly uh, Bean and McDermott love having one of those kinds of guys. Um, well, they, I think Mike Hyde an- will they, be they that tried, guy they now. They tried to get Anquan Bolden the one year, their first year here. He was going to be, you know, he ended up uh, retire re retiring again, but they want to have that. Well, and the Frank Gore. Piece. Right. No, I'm not talking about Micah Hyde to me. Still a, a young, not young, but yeah, he's, but he's not really. He's got seven years in the league now. He's yeah. he's getting there. I'm looking for that really old timer. Well, you want an old fart like you to jump the in old there. Old timer and be that comes in and uh, okay. gives everything. Uh, you know. What All it right. Means. Well, look, they will, and you know what? They will sign a couple guys. I'm sure in the off season they're going to bring in a couple of those character guys or guys that they believe will, will be able to do that. They've got money to spend. Um, and I think they'll get that done. But I think, I think, they've, yeah. I think they are building 
internal leadership on this team. I think they're looking for Josh Allen to take a step. He has to. He's the quarterback. They're looking for him to step into that role maybe next year. You've got Hyde. You've got Poyer. Um, there's other guys on that team. Mitch Morris could be a guy that you could look to as a leader. Tyler Croft, they were saying, didn't do anything all year, but he was a really good guy to have in the room, apparently. Well, Lee Smith was a good guy. Lee Smith room. was a great guy. And he's, not, he's still under contract. They might still yeah. have him back. So My worry, One of the worries, too, just real quick, is that they've had the They've had one of the top safety tandems for three years in a row. Hyden Poyer had been, they were, they were the first two pieces that uh, McDermott and Bean signed back in Actually, 2017. McDermott. Bean wasn't here yet. McDermott, well, you know, yeah, right, free agency. Free agency. That's where McDermott started this whole thing. He loves, he's, a, he, he's built all his defenses in Philadelphia and in Carolina, had great safeties. Yep. Three years out of these guys at a very, very high level, at some point, it's just not, the production's just going to stop. Um, I don't know if it's... But I don't think it's there yet. I really don't think there's going to be a drop-off next you, year. You think they haven't, you, so, you, so you're, you don't think they peaked then? Oh, no. I, 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 think, I think they're going to probably maybe draft a safety. They, they like Jaquan Johnson, who was a six-round pick, mm-hmm. I think, this year. Who knows? I, I don't know what, you know, what Jaquan Johnson's going to bring. A couple guys over there thinking they're nice. high on him, well, whatever. Yeah, he, had a, he had a super... But they could certainly draft another safety. But I think those two guys... They're both under contract next year. Hyde's actually got two years. I absolutely think they're going to keep playing at that level for at least the next couple of years. I don't think they're worried. They have to replace him eventually, but I don't think it's a priority right now to get that done. All right, you done? We've talked way, 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 way too yeah. long. Not way yeah, too we've long. talked enough. We've talked enough. Talked it's enough been a long season, Leo. <laughs> Should have been longer. Should have been longer. They hadn't blown that game the other day, but well, you're not you're not going to get over this, are you? Well, I'm aggravated. I think all Bills fans should be aggravated by how that game ended. That was a game they should have won. Several players said it in the locker room. I think they I think they leave for the off season feeling like they did not finish what they started. Right? I mean, they should at least be in this round at Kansas City this weekend trying to figure out how to stop Patrick. It would have been uh, no. They they. Absolutely. They, have a, they do have a uh, – everyone should feel a little bit, yeah, they, they let one get away. But Maybe this helps for next season. Maybe they come back But they didn't lose you know, at the same time, you know, and I, we, I wanted to be talked about a lot before the game happened. I mean, Deshaun Watson is one hell of a player, and that guy, if one guy made the difference in that game, well, he did it. They had the better quarterback. They absolutely did. All right, we're going to wrap it up for the 2019 season. Leo and I will be back um, soon enough, probably maybe around the draft. We'll do another show, but – we're going to knock off the, the weekly show here for a little while, and um, we'll get back to you at draft time. So for Leo, I am Sal. Have a great you, start everyone. to the offseason. And uh, I'll be at the Senior Bowl and the Combine, so we aren't stopping our Bills coverage. We're just not going to be talking to you live for a couple months. So uh, have a great offseason, as I said. Take care.